Justin met me at the front steps with a tulip, and we walked into school together. Before class, he kissed me on the cheek, and he was there after class waiting for me. He asked me all kinds of questions about my parents and about me. Some were hard to answer without lying. Like when he asked me whether my parents were related to Shar and Lai's parents, I had to tell a white lie and say no, even though we were all descendant from the same family. But I had to say we weren't related, just friends. I asked him about his parents, if they grew up here or moved here. He told me that he and his mom moved here when he was in year one, and that he and his family had lived near the beach before that, and they go back every summer. His dad lives there, and his parents are divorced. He told me about how much he loves the beach, loves to surf and swim and sunbathe. He didn't say much about his dad, and I didn't ask. It felt right when we were together. Like everything in the world made sense and was awesome. I felt totally comfortable with him. Even stopped blushing when he kissed me on the cheek. He was so easy to be around that I wasn't afraid anymore. Just happy to be with him. At lunch, we hung out with our friends again. Afterwards, he walked me to class and at the end of the day, we waited at the bus lines together while I waited to be picked up by my dad. Justin told me that he and Mitch had stopped hanging out with Jay after he threw the moldy sandwich at me. He said they confronted him about it, and Jay told them that Ashley made him do it. I didn't really mind. I didn't even know Jay, and I had more important things to worry about. When I got home in the afternoon, I was feeling so happy and blissed out. Mom and Dad were in the kitchen cooking up a storm. They were both super stressed, which was weird for them because they were normally pretty chill. Rose, can you please set the dining table and grab the extra chairs so we have enough for 12 places? Dad asked as soon as I walked into the kitchen. Then have a shower and get your homework done quickly. Everyone will be here at 6 o'clock, Mom said. I saluted her and said, yes ma'am. I quickly set the table and then marched myself up to the bathroom for my shower. Then I marched myself back to the bedroom to finish my homework. Luckily, it was math. Easy. I knew all the answers and quickly noted them down so that I could go and help prepare for our guests. Mom was making pumpkin and bacon soup, as well as a pasta dish, and Dad had made some chicken wings. Rose, could you please make two salads? The potatoes are cooked and in the fridge for potato salad, and I also want to do a garden salad. Can you do that? Mom asked as she blended the bacon into the soup. Sure, no problem, I said. They were really going nuts for the guests. There were already two massive cheese platters on the bench, and there were three bottles of red wine on the table and two bottles of white wine chilling in the fridge. There was also some sort of dessert in the fridge. Mom made the best desserts. Wow, we are really going all out tonight, I said. Want to tell me what all the fuss is about? You'll find out tonight. Now, watch your hands, you're about to spill mayonnaise on the floor. Mom snapped. I knew if I did drop the mayo, one of us would catch it first, or I could clean it up so fast you wouldn't even see it. I had no idea what she was so worried about. Okie dokie, I said and rolled my eyes as I put the mayo back in the fridge. Twenty minutes later, there was a knock on the door, 
and I raced out to greet Char and her parents. She was looking just as bored as I felt. She seemed glad to see me. They won't tell me anything, she said in front of both her parents. Oh, just be patient, Charlotte, her mother said as she hung her coat on the hooks near the door. Victoria Dean was always well-dressed. She wore her long, black, wavy hair up in a bun on top of her head, with some tendrils hanging down. She wore practical glasses and her usual, unusual outfit. Tonight, she wore a knee-length black dress and a green, chunky wooden necklace. She had lovely olive skin, which was tan from their recent trip. You only have to wait an hour, and then you can stop pestering us for information, she said, as she moved past Char's dad into the kitchen. Vicky is not only gorgeous, but she is also super smart. She could tell you the history of any plant or animal on the planet, as well as its biological makeup and its uses in both a scientific sense, but also in magic and spells. But she seemed absolutely fed up tonight. I could tell Char had been pestering her. Char's dad just smiled at me and rolled his eyes. He walked straight into the kitchen to chat with my dad. Michael wore his usual outfit, plain blue jeans and a long-sleeved white t-shirt, the sleeves rolled up to his elbows. He has a rounder face than Char and her mother, but he is still very active. He has a short-shaved head of hair, the same as Char, which Char often bags on him about. He had to shave it short because he was losing hair at the front. He tried to tan like Char's mother in Greece, but his skin is pale, so he just went bright red. I was super jealous of their family holidays. I wish my parents would take me somewhere, anywhere tropical. I took Char into the kitchen and offered everyone drinks. Char's mom picked up a ladle, and her and my mother immediately started cooking together and chatting. After I poured Vicky a glass of wine and made Char a lemonade, Char and I went outside to play. So I've been meaning to ask you about Josie, I said as soon as we were outside, but I haven't had a chance to speak to you alone since last week. I know what you mean, Char said. It's been so busy lately, what with everything with Josie and searching for the witch and training Josie. I haven't had a chance to scratch myself. Wait, what do you mean about searching for the witch? I asked. I'm hoping my parents will explain it to you tonight. But basically, we have pretty much confirmed that there is a witch in Laudemere. Josie can kind of feel her presence. She feels warm when we are close to her. And she's been having that feeling around certain parts of town. We have checked them out, like out near Six Trees, and then in town near the school, and there were a couple of other places in the woods. Dad and I think we have narrowed it down to four places she could be living. All of them are in the woods. Then there are places in town that she's been going, but Dad wants to wait to confront her until we know she isn't a threat. Char rolled her eyes and crossed her arms. She looked like she wasn't happy about that. But what happens if she starts another fire or hurts someone? I asked. Exactly. Or what I am worried most about, what if she senses Josie too? What if that's why she's here? She's searching for Josie. Maybe because Josie is the mother witch? Char asked. We have to find her and at least capture her so we know Josie is safe, I said. That's what I think too. But Dad said no. He said under no circumstances are we to look for her on our own. 
Yes, sir, I said with a salute. Char laughed. They've been barking orders at us all week, I said. So, how's Josie going with the training? She's taking so well to it. She and I have been practicing every night, Char said. She is so focused now. She can actually create fire outside of her body. Like, she can start a fire somewhere else, even if she isn't there. Oh, kind of like what I can do, I said. Yeah, hey, I was thinking about that, Char said, before grabbing my arm and walking me to the back of the pool house. So, I was thinking, Char said in a voice so soft, it was almost the sound of a cool breeze wafting past your ear. I know we're not supposed to use our powers, but... Do you think if we found out where the witch was hiding, that you could take us there? Like, all three of us. Not Josie, because I don't want the witch sensing her, of course. But just you, me, and Lai. You know I can, I whispered. But the question is, should I? Your dad said not to. What if we get into some trouble with the witch and no one knows where we are? I'm not saying we're going to confront her or anything. Just go there and check it out, and then you can take us away if she spots us, Char said. I don't know, I said. The screen door opened, and Char and I went around the side of the pool house to check who was out there. Lai and Josie walked outside together. Lai was looking punk as ever, in black denim ripped jeans and a Ragers t-shirt. The Ragers were a garage band that she was obsessed with. Josie was wearing a really beautiful white tailored dress with floral patterns down each side. Her hair was up in a bun on top of her head. What are you two whispering about? Lai asked. Tell me the goss. They were whispering? Josie asked. How did you even hear that? We were just talking about your training, I said, and how good you're getting. I wouldn't say I'm good, Josie said, but I'm getting better. You're doing amazingly. No one can do what you can, Josie, Char said. We've mostly been experimenting with fire, but Josie has had some fun with water, too. Awesome, Lai said. What can you do with water? Well, I can only levitate it a few inches at the moment, Josie said. That's more than anyone I know, Lai said. Josie grinned and beckoned for us to follow her over to the pool. She knelt down to the pool to give us a demonstration. She made a cupping movement with her hand just above the water, and then she moved her hand upwards, and as she did, a sphere of water bobbed up from the surface into the air. She raised it to about the height of a can of Coke, the sphere of water levitating below her cupped hand, and then she dropped it. Oh, that's awesome! Great work, Josie, Char said. Lai and I applauded. It's really not that great, Josie said. It's more than you ever thought you could do before, Char said. And it's all about practice. No one ever got good at anything without heaps of practice. That's true, I said. Do you know how long it took me to train Frankie to play dead? It was like he would never get it. And then suddenly, he did. Are you saying I'm like a dog? Josie snickered. Oh, no, that's not what I meant, I said, laughing. Maybe we could get her some treats and reward her when she gets it, Lai said. Josie cracked up laughing, and Char slapped Lai lightly on the arm. All right, that's enough, she said. Girls, dinner's ready, Mom called from the back door.
Some delicious smells came wafting out the door as she opened it. We all filed inside into the dining room. The table was set up perfectly. I knew because I said it, with that brand new crockery that mom had only just bought weeks ago. Everything looked perfect. Candles were lit around the room, and there were short vases of fresh white tulips on either end of the big dining table. Mom had taken a liking to them after seeing the ones in my room from Justin. Josie introduced me to her mother and father. They had met Char already through their various visits with her father and had already met Lai when she arrived. Josie's mother is Julia Harris. She is short with wavy brown hair cut into a neat bob. She is slim but with round hips and she wasn't showing any sign of being pregnant. She is one of those people that looks stunning without any makeup, just naturally beautiful. Her spotty black dress was a typical mom look, and she seemed to be glowing. She smiled at me warmly and shook my hand. Josie's father was the same. Robert Harris was warm and happy to meet me. He sat casually with a glass of red wine. His dark brown hair had some grays at the sides, which made me think that he was older than he looked. His sharp cheekbones and ripped jeans made him seem younger. I had no idea how old he was. He wore a white branded polo top that looked expensive. I hadn't thought to ask Josie what her father did for a living, but it seemed that he had money. Mom served up the food as we all chatted, and the adults drank more wine. The conversation flowed around what we were doing for school, Josie's mom's new baby, and where they were going to move to. Lai's parents didn't make much of a fuss. Jason Pride sat at one end of the table, chatting to her mother, Bobby, and occasionally asking Josie's parents a question about themselves. Jason is big, burly, and built like a brick, just like my dad, but he has a totally shaved head. Despite what he looks like, he is totally friendly and kind. Lai's mother, Bobby, is slim, muscled, and athletic. She has a very short bob of brown silky hair. She is usually wearing expensive looking athletic gear, but tonight she donned a simple black baggy dress and gold drop earrings. She looked like a supermodel, but mom said that with her sporty figure, she could look like a supermodel wearing a potato sack. I found out through their conversation that Josie's dad was a retired real estate developer and her mother worked in childcare. Eventually, once we were finished with dinner and the adults had consumed copious amounts of wine, Dad got up and cleared his throat. Okay, now that we have all had something to eat and drink and we're settled, we have some really important things to discuss. For you girls, I know you're wondering what you are doing here and why we wanted to bring you all together. He looked at Char, who rolled her eyes. Get on with it, she said. Everyone chuckled. Well, we've been discussing what is the best course of action to combat what we think is a threat to our families, and we've decided that our families joining together is the best way for us to move forward. The mood was awkward as everyone looked at each other and then back at my dad. Char's dad got up too and joined mine at the head of the table. Yes, Michael said. We believe that there is a real threat of a fire witch somewhere within our community. And we think that it is up to us to stop her, given the information that we have and our 
abilities. And the first thing we need to do is join as one and create strength and trust. That's right, my dad said. And for us to have trust, we need everyone to know the truth about everything. I heard Shar inhale softly. Even though we guessed this might happen, I don't think we really thought it could be true until Dad said the words. So the first thing I want to say to you, Josie, Julia, and Robert, is please don't be afraid. We are just like you, different, but we would never seek to harm any of you. I'm not afraid, Josie said. Whatever you are, whatever you can do, you and the girls have already saved my life. My dad motioned for Michael to take the stand at the head of the table. So this was going to happen. We were finally going to tell someone who we were. I was shocked, but also kind of relieved. We really needed Josie to know who we were so that we could help her with who she was. Everyone was quiet. Yes, we're not afraid, Robert said. Josie's mother nodded. You have done so much for this family. It doesn't matter what you are. Clearly, Robert and Julia had given up on what they thought was normal when they realized that their daughter was a witch. Our heritage in this town spans far beyond any public record of inhabitants here, Shar's dad began. You'll find in history books that this town was established in the 1930s. However, we were here well before then. Our family first established ourselves here in the 1850s. The first clan of our family who settled here were Jocelyn and Peter Laudemere. Peter was a doctor and Jocelyn a mother of three children. Peter had been born different, just like you, Josie. Peter had extraordinary talents. He could jump higher, move faster, and think more clearly than both of his parents from a very young age. Also from a young age, he had another strange feature. His canines, the teeth on either side of his four front teeth, were exceptionally long. Shar's dad took a sip of his wine and then continued. I watched Josie's face as she heard the story. It wasn't until the boy was into his twos and threes that he began to bite his mother. Eventually, she realized what he was. We believe that she wasn't different, but we don't have the details as to where he inherited his differences from. For fear of being realized, she kept from the world what he was even from his father. She fed him her own blood whilst his father was not around, and human food when his father was there. When he was old enough, she told him about who he was, and he was told never to share it with anyone, even his own father. Michael took a break and a sip of wine before he continued. He lived his early life that way. That was until he met Joyce. Joyce was the love of his life, and, as far as we know from his diaries, they had a very strong bond. So strong that when he told her who he was, she accepted him 
and continued their relationship. They moved as far away as they could from his family to protect the secret. They settled in Laudemir to build a town and a future for themselves and their children and their children's children. Rose's father Richard, Lila's father Jason, and I, we are all direct descendants of Peter and Joyce Laudemir. We are cousins born of the same family tree, Michael said. So hang on, Peter had fangs, bit people, and had extraordinary physical talents. Does that make you vampires? Josie asked, laughing a little and then frowning. Her eyes were wide. That's right, Josie, Shar's dad said. We are all direct descendants of a born vampire. Richard, Jason, and I are cousins, and we are directly descendant from Peter and Joyce. There are many tribes of vampires, tracking back thousands of years. No one can quite tell our origins, but my research suggests that we were evolved from a predatory animal. Josie's eyes widened even further and she leaned back in her chair. Her mother and father stared at each other open-mouthed. I think that's enough information, Shar said to her dad. Just give them some time to process. Josie and her family looked flabbergasted. Josie kept looking at me as if I would suddenly grow fangs and wings and fly off into the sun. I just smiled at her, showing that my fangs weren't even there. Our fangs only showed when we wanted them to, or when we were absolutely starving. But because our parents made us have blood every day, we were totally fine. But Josie didn't know that. These were all the things that we would tell her in time. Wow, Josie said, looking at the table, then back at us. I'm sorry, but I have to keep going. We don't have much time, and there is a real threat to the safety of the town that we need to discuss. Michael continued. The only thing left to say on that subject is that each vampire sitting at this table has had at least one, if not more than one, gift. As we grow older, our gifts slowly get weaker, but our children's gifts are the most fascinating. We can go into this more later, but essentially the gifts occur because of our genetically advanced brain structure. No one can really understand how exactly that works. However, as youths, we can alter our surroundings with our thoughts. For example, Rose, would you please demonstrate your gift? I looked at Michael and then at my dad. What, like now? I asked. Yes, please, and quickly, Michael said. Dad nodded, indicating that it was okay. Okay, I said, standing up. I shut my eyes and imagined the kitchen. I thought about the granite bench top beneath my hands, the cool tiles beneath my feet, the smell of the food that had just been prepared. I looked at Frankie sleeping in his bed in the corner. I felt my body there, and when I opened my eyes, I was in the kitchen. Thank you, Rose, Michael said from the dining room. You can come back to the table now. I walked back into the dining room, and Josie was standing up, staring at me, her mouth in the shape of an O. She had obviously got up to see where I had disappeared to. I sat back down and so did Josie. That was unbelievable, Josie whispered. You disappeared. She was smiling now as if she was very impressed. I grinned back at her. 
It was so good to finally share my secret with someone outside of our family. This had literally never happened before. The next thing we need to talk about is you, Josie, Shai's dad went on. What you are, as we have now confirmed, is a descendant of the Mother Witch, which essentially makes you a Mother Witch also. What that means is you have all of the powers of the Spirit Witches combined. And as we've demonstrated during your practice with Charlotte, you have the ability to control some of these powers already. Char nodded and added, She's well on her way to controlling them all, but we need more time to practice. Josie just nodded. She was clearly eager to see what else Char's dad had to say. As you know, Josie, as your parents have now told you, you were adopted from an orphanage as a child. You were abandoned as a baby with no record of your mother. What we can assume is that your mother was a mother witch, and that is how you obtained your powers. Right, and? Char obviously wanted to get to the next point. The reason that we believe the fire witch is here is because she has been attracted by Josie's energy as the mother witch. We assumed as much, Char said. But why can't we go after her? Because we don't know her strength, Josie's mother piped in at that point. She seemed to have gotten over the shock of learning we were vampires. She was already back to protecting her daughter. And the only one who can match her is Josie. We're not sure if she's ready. Char couldn't argue with Josie's mother. None of us could. She loved Josie. We could all see that. Plus, everyone knows you should never argue with a pregnant woman. Okay, but can we not just go and find where she's hiding? Maybe do a little bit of peeking around? We don't have to confront her, Char said. Under no circumstances should any of you girls attempt to find or confront the witch, Char's father said. That is something that we will have to do in time, once we confirm that the witch is a threat and we have the correct protections in place. For now, we need to do more research and we may call upon you to help with your special talents, as and when we need your help. Michael looked at me when he said that. He was clearly talking about my abilities. He must have had the same idea Shar had about trying to get me to relocate us to wherever the witch was hiding. I wasn't sure he was right, though. What if the witch made another move? What if she burned down another building or tried to hurt someone else? We had to do something now. The table was silent for a few moments. No one said much, and I could see Josie was still so confused about Char, Lai, and me. This would take a lot of explaining at school. If she wasn't too afraid of us to talk to us, that is. Now, I know that this is a lot to take on, my dad said. That we are very different, and that you might be afraid or have questions. So please, we are more than happy to answer them. He looked at Julia, who was staring at me with one hand unconsciously cradling her stomach, protecting the baby instinctively, even though I assumed it was only a little grape-sized blob at the moment. Josie's mother asked only one question. Will you keep me and my family safe? Of course, by any means necessary, my dad said. I knew he meant it. 
then I don't have any concerns about what you are, and I thank you for helping us when no one else would, she said, looking at all of us. We were so worried when Josie started showing her powers. We didn't know who or what she was. It wasn't until we started reading your articles, she said to Char's dad. That was when we started to get some clarity. We all began to understand, and it helped us as a family to move through all of this with some sort of direction. We would be nowhere without you, Josie's mom finished with a sniffle. Char's mom got up and moved over to Julia. Julia was in full-blown tears within seconds, sobbing into Vicky's shoulder. Josie patted her mom on the knee and looked at me as if to say, We need to talk. While the parents chatted more in the kitchen, the kids went to play in the pool house. I absolutely cannot believe it, Josie said, turning around as soon as we were in the security of the pool house. I have three vampire best friends and I didn't know anything about it. She smiled and looked like she was just about to start laughing. We couldn't tell you, Char said. We have literally never told anyone, Lai said. We live our lives most of the time just like any other kid. You wouldn't even know we're vampires, I said. We're not much different. Do you drink blood? she asked. She seemed so excited by this. I was worried that she would be scared of us, but I had no idea she would be excited, even happy about us. Only once a day, and only bags of donated blood that Rose's mom gets us. Before you ask, yes, it's gross, we hate doing it, it's disgusting, Lai said. I would much prefer a glass of chocolate milk. I have to have something afterwards because it's totally gross, I said. What happens if you don't have it every day? Josie asked. She sat down on the sofa and Lai and Char sat next to her. I sat on the floor in front of her. Well, the first few months are fine. You start getting a bit weird after six or seven months, apparently. But none of us have ever gone that long without it, so we don't know what really happens. Apparently, if you go without for any more than two years, that's when your fangs grow out without your control and you start behaving like a lunatic, Char said. We can show them and retract them whenever we want to, Char said, but only if we stay satisfied. Like, having blood every day allows us to be able to use fangs whenever we want. But if we didn't have it, we wouldn't be able to control them. Then they would just be constantly showing. Josie's eyes lit up. Can you show me? I wasn't sure if she was excited because this was all new or because she finally found people who were as weird and different as she was. But we humored her. I looked at Lai and Char and we all smiled at Josie with our fangs fully extended. It wasn't difficult. All you had to do was imagine yourself needing to bite into something really hard and imagine those two teeth coming out and out they came. We must have looked really funny because Josie just burst out laughing. You guys so do not look like vampires. You're supposed to be scary, she said. I scoffed. We could probably be scary if we wanted to be, but we had never really needed to be. So tell me what gifts you all have, Josie asked. 
Well, you've seen Rose's ability to relocate herself, Shar said. She can also relocate objects and people with her in the right circumstances. Oh my god, that is so awesome, Josie said, looking at me with a big grin. I just smiled back and waited for Shar to go on. I've got two talents that I know of, Shar said. I can levitate. At this point, I can go about 5,000 feet high. And I can fly too. I can also smell food from, like, miles away. The last one isn't a talent, Lai said. We can all smell food from that far away. You just think you're better than us. Shar chuckled. Well, again, I could smell the cheeseburger that Mrs. McCann brought home for dinner when we were outside. So could I, said Lai. I agreed. I could smell the burgers too. But Mrs. McCann always ate cheeseburgers. She lives three blocks away, Josie said excitedly. And you can fly? I can't believe you just skipped right over that. Like it's not even a thing. Oh my god. Yep, but she can't really practice because people will see her. Oh, and I can smell the poop that Frankie has just done in the side yard, Lai said. Oh great, I said. I shotgun not picking that up. Dad's job. We all giggled. So what can you do, Lai? Josie asked. I knew Char had saved the best for last. Lai's talent was far cooler than either of ours. She was just so chilled about it. She didn't even think it was cool. I can shapeshift, Lai said. Oh my god, Josie said. What can you turn into? What would you like? Lai asked. Um, Frankie? Josie said. She disappeared. She was replaced by a little French bulldog that looked just like Frankie. Josie chuckled. A pig, she said without a pause. The Frenchie put his little paw out in front and spun himself around and in his place was a cute little piglet. We all crouched down as the piglet danced over to us and we gave her a little pat. A parakeet! Josie said as the piggy obligingly turned herself into a blue bird, which took off in flight around the room. A lamp, Char said, and the bird turned into a lamp, landing on the coffee table with a thud. That's enough of that, Char said, and the lamp flickered on and off angrily. Okay, I think I have seen enough, Josie said, laughing. The light turned off, and suddenly, Lai was back in its place, sitting on the coffee table with her legs crossed. We were just getting started, she said with a grin. Just then, Julia knocked on the door to the pool house. I could tell it was her. Her perfume wafted into the pool house a few seconds before she knocked. She opened the door. Are you ready to go, hon? I'm getting tired, she said to Josie. Yep, Josie said. She was still so excited. She had a massive grin on her face. She skipped out the door of the pool house to her mother, and her mom was clearly impressed at how happy Josie was. After all that Josie had been through, she deserved some happiness. Bye, Josie, we all sang as she left. Well, she took that better than I thought she would, Char said after Josie left. Although I had no idea we would be having this conversation so soon, can you believe our fathers have shared our secret? I'm actually pretty shocked too, but Josie has been through so much. Think of how lonely she would have been to know that she was adopted and different. She must feel so relieved that she is not the only one who is different, I said. This witch must be pretty bad news for our parents to have told them about us, Lai said. 
all the more reason to go check her out, Shar said. You know we're not allowed, I said. They specifically told us not to. Yeah, but we won't get hurt, Lai said. Not with our talents. There's no way. What if she traps us, I said, and stakes us? What if she knows we're vamps? That's not going to happen, Shar said. And if she traps us, you can just get us out. We'll be fine. And plus, we'll go completely unseen. What if I can't find her? I asked, hoping they wouldn't guess that I could find a needle in a haystack if I really wanted to. I just had to look everywhere. You'll find her, Shar said. We've got to try to keep Josie and her family safe. I didn't say anything. Shar just insisted we do it, and I didn't really have a choice. The rest of the night, the two of them planned what we were going to do. They talked about how we would go into the woods and search for different smells. How we would locate where she was hiding, using the information we already had. And we would use Lai's skills to shapeshift us into birds, to view her without being seen. It all sounded great in theory, but every bad decision always does. The plan was set. We were going to do it on Saturday night after the basketball game. I couldn't change their minds, so I didn't even bother trying.